The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is just a quick reminder. If you would like to hear the show a day early, we release it over on our Patreon. So head over to patreon.com slash analog talk, and we put this up around noon, around lunchtime. So yeah, if you'd like to get the show a day early, or you would like to help support the show, Patreon is the way to do it. Patreon.com slash analog talk. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And today's guest, we have Nick Carver joining us. Hey, Nick. Hi, how you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us. We're super excited to chat with you today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, Never pass up an opportunity to talk film photography or talk about myself. So I I get to combine both of those loves. Yeah. So for the listeners who may not know you, do you mind giving them a background on yourself and how you got started in photography and all that jazz? Sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, I'm a working photographer based out of Orange County. Um, I do uh, primarily architectural photography, so commercial um, properties, office buildings and things like that. Uh And uh, I teach photography and uh, I got into it around uh, the year 2000. Mm -hmm. I got into it through an elective class in my seventh grade uh, middle school. And uh, there's an elective class that wasn't for photography. It was a class called technology. And they had all these different modules you could take. So there's like a robotics module and a, a woodshop module and all that kind of stuff. And one of the modules was photography. And uh, a friend of mine who was taking the elective class with me uh, was really pushing pushing to do the photography one. He's like, we got to do the photography. My brother did it last year. He says it's the best. And I told him, that sounds boring. I don't, <laughs> uh, I don't, let's do robotics or woodshop. Let's like make something with our hands. Photography yeah, sounds yeah, boring. Yeah. What are you going to do? Take pictures of things that just sounded so, I don't know, boring to me. And uh, luckily he was persistent and uh, I caved and we took photography and I uh, kind of fell in love with it right away. So I don't know, I guess it goes to show that uh, peer pressure is not always a bad yeah, thing. Right? He, uh, <laughs> he talked me into it and I've thanked him since. Uh, his name's Mike Flynn. He's, he's a great guy, but he kind of pushed me into it. And then the, the class sparked my, my love for it. And then that's kind of all I've been doing ever since. Wow. Man. Is he yeah. doing photo- photography? No, he's, uh, oh. he's making stuff. He does like uh, CNC machining and all that kind of stuff. So he's, uh, he's very creatively minded, but uh, he didn't keep going with photography. He's working Man. with his hands. Still good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Still making <laughs> stuff. But it was a great class because it, uh, it was all black and white 35 millimeter film. So we... Um, mm. You know, we did a, a very, very short crash course on shutter aperture and ISO. I'm sure I didn't understand any of it and I didn't retain any of it. But uh, 
then the the darkroom processing part of it was really I think what what hooked me because I mean you can imagine a bunch of 13 year olds getting shoved into a dark room saying load this roll of film onto this wheel and click it back and forth until it's loaded up and then we're going to develop it it's just giggle fest galore you know it's yeah. just, <laughs> just fun stuff so it's uh and then you know printing in the enlarger is just uh I mean anyone who's done it knows how magical it is but you just you have this piece of paper that you've exposed to an image and it doesn't look like anything yet under the red light and there can't possibly be anything in there in that piece of paper <laughs> but then you put it through the chemicals and an image starts to show up is just uh kind of hooked me pretty quick i definitely did photography i think it was like ninth or tenth grade and mm -hmm. our dark room we called it the bat cave because it had one of those <laughs> like circular doors that mm -hmm. oh it was you just, had a good you had a good dark room yeah, yeah. yeah. We, and we spent <laughs> probably like 25 percent of the class just like going in and out of the the door just because it was fun you know it was, it was yeah, just like an airlock yeah yeah <laughs> man so it was traditional it was a traditional black and white photography class cool yeah, I guess it, it was, was 2000. Um, we weren't we weren't really in the digital age yet at that yeah. point. Yeah, we were right. That was right around the corner. Yeah. And I, I'm really grateful that I got into it just before digital hit, because yeah. by the time I got to high school, um, that class was gone. Mm -hmm. uh, my high school had no they had a photography class, but it's like, quote unquote, photography class. It was really a Photoshop class. Um, okay. So it was digital cameras and basically just looking at how to manipulate things and it's kind of the only avenue I had uh, throughout high school. Um, so I ended up kind of having to pursue it on my own and learn it on my own and through uh, books and magazines and all that kind of stuff. But I, I was one of those guys that, you know, in the beginning, I was never going to go digital and yeah. real photographers <laughs> don't shoot digital and all this kind of stuff. And like, I was kind of just, um, I, I think as a lot of photographers do in the beginning, I was just doing my best impression of the photographers that I admired. So mm -hmm. wow, my, yeah. my style was basically just a carbon copy of Galen Rowell and, uh, you know, David and Mark um, Munch or Minch. I never know how to pronounce their name, but um, just like super colorful landscapes, shooting reversal film, Fuji Velvia 100 and Velvia 50 were my go to's. And I just was never, never going to digital. <laughs> that is for that's for hacks and everything. And then um, when I decided to, to do it professionally in 2006, I kind of had to had to embrace digital. There's really no way to, yeah. um, especially with my kind of budget back then, to to shoot film for professional gigs. So I got a digital camera and um, kept shooting film and digital kind of back and forth. And then eventually, film just kind of faded out of my life, unfortunately. And um, I thought that wasn't a problem until about 2012, when I I was about ready to give up photography. But um, oh no, yeah. <laughs> It was um, my photography life has been in kind of these weird six year stages. So I got into it in the year 2000 and, uh, you know, fell in love with it. And I was shooting only film until about 2006 um, with, ex with, you know, except for little digital point and shoot snapshots yeah. every now yeah. and then. But um, mainly film and I was hardcore about it. And then 2006 rolled around. I decided I'm going to do this for a living. So I opened my business and uh, switched pretty quickly to full digital. And then... Um, my business started growing pretty good and I was at the time I wasn't doing as many photo shoots because really all I cared about was landscape photography and there's well there's no money in landscape photography yeah. so I, yeah. I ended up uh, teaching just kind of on a whim um, doing some private lessons and just to get some money in the door and uh, that took off really quick and started growing like crazy and I was delivering so many lessons and started delivering classes at the local community center and uh, that just kept growing and growing and growing and then by 2012 I had my own classroom in Orange County, California. I had online courses that were going pretty well. I was doing private lessons. I was finally like making a living as a photographer. 
And I know some people would would cry foul on that. Well, you're a teacher. Yeah. That's what you're making yeah. money. But um, I like to think I was making money through my photography. So therefore a photographer. But um, mm-hmm. in 2012, I was just, I, I got this real intense burnout where I was just, I just couldn't do it anymore. I, I was I was repeating myself in terms of photos. Uh, I was just kind of doing beach sunset after beach sunset after beach mm. sunset with the foggy water in the foreground, yeah. foggy water in the foreground. It's yeah. like, and they were really good versions of that. But I just, I was so burned out and I was kind of, I mean, to be completely honest, I was a little fed up with the photography community. I just felt like it was so, it was all about cameras and megapixels and, you know, who's got the newest mirrorless, should I do mirrorless or DSLR? And I was just like, who cares? (laughs) It doesn't, ah, it just doesn't, I don't care. And it just seemed like there wasn't a whole lot of support or warmth in the, in the photography community, but it was. It's because I was in the digital photography community. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, 2012, I, I was just ready to to call it quits. And I was literally looking at alternate career career paths. Wow. So I was, um, yeah, I was looking at like, well, maybe I can become a helicopter pilot. And I, I've, never, <laughs> I've never even been in a helicopter. I don't even, I, I, I don't know if that's a good job for me. And uh, I, I was at one point looking through UPS, UPS Career Opportunities website because I just, oh, Oh, I man. needed to get distance from photography because it wasn't fun anymore. And uh, I'm one of these people that that tries to like think my way out of every problem. So, sure. Like, I'll <laughs> just I'll just sit and like ruminate on it. Like, what's the what's the thing that's got to be fixed? And then I'll, so I would just um, I would get done with my work day, and I'd come home to my parents' house because that's that's where I was living at the time. And uh, I would sit in the backyard and just try and think like. Why do I not like photography anymore? Why do I not like it anymore? Like, what's missing? What's wrong? And um, I would just think and think and think. And that's when I was toying with other career opportunities and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, one day, it just like, I remember the position I was in. I remember what I was wearing. It just clicked. I was just like, hey, I could shoot film again. Like, that had <laughs> never, it had never occurred to me that like anyone was shooting film or that yeah. it was even possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a Johnny come lately to the the film renaissance, but it just hit me and it's like a, a switch just got flipped. It was immediately all of that burnout just mm-hmm. completely disappeared in that next two or three minutes. And then I was like, okay, well, I still have my 35 millimeter. I'll break that out. I'll go to go to Pro Photo Connection, buy some uh, Fuji Pro Via 100. That's That'll be some good film to, to get back into it with. And then like my immediate next thought was like, ooh, I could shoot large format. I've never shot large <laughs> format before. So I'm Flood like, gates oh, are open. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I kind of just uh, hop skipped over medium format. And I just decided, you know what, if I'm going to go into this, I'm going to go big. So then it just, uh, like you said, floodgates opened. I got to buy a new camera. I got to learn how to load sheet film. I got to learn to close the shutter after I cock it and before I pull the dark slide out. Like there was so much man, new stuff to I learn. I do that all the time. Oh man. How many people have taken pictures of their own face looking yeah. in front of the camera trying to decide if it's if it's open or not. So yep. it was just um, the film part of it just completely sparked the, the passion again. And that's kind of when I realized, oh, I didn't fall in love with photography. I fell in love with film photography. Yeah. And then... Um, Kind of from there, it's just blossomed into this huge thing where my, my YouTube channel took off against all my expectations. And uh, the film photography community is like, is so awesome. And it's like, it's everything I wish the community was back when I was kind of burnt out and jaded. Like, yeah. it's just so supportive and yeah. people are, are focusing on the art. I mean, 
obviously we love geeking out on cameras, but it seems very, it's more like, well, what's the, what's the best deal you got on your, yeah. your Mamiya? Yeah, like, exactly. like it's not like who's got the latest mirrorless. It's like who got the, the raddest deal yeah, on their yeah. box of film, you know? You got that for what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, like my RZ67, I paid like 450 oh, for it on eBay what? with Damn. the 90 millimeter lens. No, okay. Yeah, I had no idea what I was buying, but that was one of my best purchases. So good. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been kind of a, a long up and down bumpy road, but um, I have to say that the film photography renaissance really saved me from from uh, mm. turning my back on photography completely. So I'm uh, eternally grateful to it. You're yeah. not a helicopter pilot either. So thank God. Yeah, that's not exactly a growing career either with drones coming in and everything. Oh right? yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So the YouTube channel, we should talk about that mm-hmm. because sure. man, I. I love your channel. I know a bunch Same. of the listeners Thank you. probably love your channel as well. Like what? Because you started YouTube, what, 2012, I think you started posting those videos? Is that Yeah, it? yeah. It was shortly after or I got into large format. Or something so. like that. Yeah. So and that's, that's I mean, that's pretty time. early for yeah. someone to be doing YouTube, especially now with it, like everybody wants to have a YouTube channel now. <laughs> but um, what what kind of brought you there? Like what, it, with the teaching aspect or what? Um, you know, it's I, I owe it all to Ben Horn. Oh, yeah, Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never met him in person, but I, I saw his videos shooting 8x10. And, um, you know, I saw the videos and I'm like, wow, that's like, that's so cool. And I, I never thought I would. Well, like I knew I wanted to see someone using a large format camera, but yeah, it never occurred to yeah. me that like someone else would because it just seems like I'm in my own world. No one else cares about, about photography but me. But I watched this video. I'm like, God, that's so cool. Maybe it seems kind of fun too, like going out and talking mm-hmm. about it while you're doing it. So I went out and did one in the Alabama Hills here in California and uh, went out and just had no idea what I was doing. I was just using like a Canon Rebel as a video camera and uh, didn't know what I was doing with audio and all that kind of stuff and kind of threw something together. And when I posted that first video, I mean, I I clicked post almost with a wince. Like I was like, (laughs) here it goes. Uh, Cause I had kind of seen YouTube comments and I was just waiting to just be torn apart and everyone telling me how dumb I am and you have no idea what you're doing and all that. And I posted the video and I just couldn't believe how positive the comments were and how friendly people were and and how many views I got and all that kind of stuff. So I just kind of started doing it, you know, when I had the time and um, I still pretty much only do it when I have the time, but I just, I can't believe how much it's blown up. I'm still, I still post videos wincing. Like this yeah. is the one where they're gonna hate me. <laughs> me <that> too. <laughs> it's scary. But, YouTube um, is, uh, yeah, it's those trolls, you know, you never yeah, know when they come exactly. out and bite. Yes, exactly. But I've been very fortunate. I mean, like way less than half a percent of people who comment post anything negative. So I've been really, really fortunate um, to encounter mostly very positive people. And that's been encouraging. That's great. And that's that's turned into like your, you know, your teaching stuff, right? You've you've. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was posting these videos and people would see me using um, my Pentax digital spot meter, figuring out my exposures and everything. And I would get so many comments and emails saying like, hey, what's your metering technique? Can you do a tutorial on metering? And can you do a quick video on metering? And, you know, I'd kind of always reply like it's, uh, it's a little more involved than I can do in just, you know, a little five minute YouTube video. So yeah, maybe, I'll, yeah. maybe I'll put together a course someday. And then I would kind of tease that in my videos. Hey, I'll do a course someday. I'll do a course someday. I'll do a course someday. And then um, so many people were replying, hey, when's that course coming yeah. along? <laughs> once you put felt, it out there, you got to. Yeah, well, once yeah, you they, do it by yeah, now, stop yeah. teasing it. They don't um, forget. So that kind of gave me the kick in the pants to do it. And then so about a month and a half ago, I released the the online course, which is uh, Master Manual Metering for Film Photography. And it's just all 
metering techniques for film photography and I thought maybe three or four people would sign up if I'm lucky but it's just been blowing up like crazy so I guess there's oh, a demand great. for that's it. That's great. So, yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah and the feedback's been very 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 positive so again I'm I'm real lucky to to be part of a community that everyone's so nice and supportive and and uh, it's been great. So thank you for YouTube for giving me an outlet to, <laughs> yeah. to actually talk about this stuff. It's really cool. Oh, I was just going to compliment your uh, your video production on your videos mm-hmm. is just like top notch. Like I oh, I went through when we when we were emailing you and talking to you about getting you on the show. I was just like, I'm going to binge this stuff in the next two days again <laughs> and just watch everything. So you made your fill of me by now. It's just like I I. I, I love it. I love your is now is video something that you're passionate about as well? Is that something you include with like your photography or where where did that kind of come from? Or is that just like just like an organic thing that happened? Um, I do enjoy it. The the editing part of it is very fun. The, the yeah, timing I enjoy that part too. of it yeah. is, is very fun. And it's it's um, it really stimulates my brain. Like if I if I'm editing a video, there's re- I can't think about anything else because I'm I'm fretting about should I cut it off at this frame yeah. or the next yeah. frame? Like I'm getting down to one frame. Um, my brother, my brother's actually a professional uh, videographer and video editor, oh, so cool. he's cool. helped me a little bit just on kind of giving me some tips here and there. But I, I appreciate the compliment because I'm always surprised people like my video production because I look at stuff by like I don't know Ben Horn or Thomas mm-hmm. Heaton or something, mm-hmm. and they're doing they're doing slider shots and drones yeah. and like yeah. they got the epic color uh color grading and all this kind of stuff and i'm like i'm so i don't have any of that stuff in my video and I, i'm i'm very envious of it because i just don't have the patience for it i guess and uh i kind of try and fall back on on storytelling and timing and and less on the uh you know kind of epic epic visuals and I, i'm yeah. glad it makes up for it because I'm just not the kind of guy that's going to break out a drone and and do a shot of me. I, I'm too I'm too hectic and too like trying to yeah, load film yeah. and trying right, to do right. all this kind of stuff. It's just too much to think about. Yeah, that I could I couldn't imagine like having to fly a drone, roll a slider, and then shoot eight by ten or four oh by God. five. Like, you you like need that. like a team at that point. You need like Absolutely. a crew. Yeah. You know, it gets, gets a little crazy if you're trying to do it all. Like, okay, I'm gonna stand here. I'm gonna run over here. Press. Yeah. Press record, run back, you know. And then, yeah, every shot of you walking into the scene, you had yeah. to hit record, walk in, walk back, yeah. turn it off, yeah. pick up the camera, and then walk <laughs> yeah. over. It's like, I can't, I, I'm maxed out on yeah. my time and effort when I'm out there as it is. And then yeah. I start making mistakes, like, oh, I forgot to move the film advance forward because I was thinking about the video camera and uh-huh. things like that. So Speaking of po- the power of editing, though, I've, I've definitely yeah. shot stuff where I'm like, I don't have, this is nothing, I don't have, this is crap, I don't have anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go and I just like put it together. I'm like, what? That worked. Yeah. <laughs> Slap a narration on it. You <laughs> yeah. Got yeah. Put yeah. some music in the background. <laughs> yeah. That's always nice. When you come back, you're like, I got nothing, nothing. here. Yeah. And then you just put it into Premiere Pro. I'll figure something yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Magic of Man. editing. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think you need all that crazy drone and stuff. The, the storytelling alone, like you nailed it with that. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a strong, powerful point of your videos. And I think it's it's definitely what what keeps people captivated well and your beautiful photographs too but thank you yeah 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 i just wanted to find out your little video secrets there because you know chris and i both kind of dabble in the youtube thing every once in a while and sure well i'm using a a crappy old camcorder for now nice Nice. (laughs) i was uh, i was trying to do the uh you know the dslr video Mm kind of thing with the shallow depth of field and all that epic cinema look and um just trying to get it to focus on me every time. <laughs> yeah. I was going, I was going batty. Like it would drive me insane. And then the the audio and the fact that the video cuts off at 29 minutes, 29 yeah. seconds. Yep. And I'm just like, and the batteries die all the time. And then my brother 
uh, the, the video editor, he just told me, he's like, dude, you need a video camera. Like you're uh. doing running, you need run and gun style mm-hmm. video camera, like DSLRs and all that stuff. They're great for doing like interviews and mm-hmm. talking heads and all that kind of stuff where you can like dial it in, you can set up lighting, you can fine tune the audio, but I'm doing such run and gun stuff. He's like, you need the, the fast autofocus of video. You need the lens built into it. So you're not switching lenses. You need zebra striping. You need uh, more flexible audio inputs. And then so I went on eBay and I bought a Canon XA20, which oh. is just 1080p. It's the it's the camcorder you see people using at Disneyland. To, yeah. To video <laughs> yeah, kids, yeah. You know? And um, it looks good and it, it's got, you know, all the features I need and it makes yeah. uh, shooting a lot easier. Man, that's a that's a that's a good tip right there. I need mm-hmm. to keep that. Well, I kind of started looking at it too. Like uh, the the shows I try and it sounds weird to say shows I try and emulate, but um, TV shows that I admire that I'm kind of trying to mimic the style mm-hmm. of a little bit are like Man vs. Wild. Um, oh yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> great show. Um, oddly enough, Dirty Jobs. I really yeah. like that show. <laughs> um, even This Old House. Mm-hmm. Uh, strangely. But um, their style is very much run and gun. You mm-hmm. look at behind the scenes footage, they all just have shoulder mounted camcorders. They're not yeah. doing like the big cinema style cameras. And I, I kind of took that as a cue. Like they probably know what they're doing. There's a reason they're using those cameras that are a little more more run and gun. I love that. Genius. Yeah. So Nick, are you, st- are you still teaching like in person? Are you doing seminars or? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I do classes here in Orange County. I still have my classroom. Um, and I do private lessons now and then. It's uh, it's less than I used to because I actually do three or four architectural shoots per week now. So that, that tends to, to take up my time. But um, the in-person classes are all are all digital based. Mm. I've had a couple people ask for film, but uh, the vast majority of my clientele over the years has been uh, middle-aged to older, often retirees. Yeah. Um, so they... They got expendable income. They yeah. have time. They they want to take better pictures of their grandkids. So they Cute. and cameras cameras are very intimidating for them. So sure. I'm, I'm kind of able, able to walk them through it. So, um, but that's been really great. Teaching is really rewarding. So I don't know that I would ever get rid of that that side of my business, even if I could. I think you should do a a film photography one. I'm toying with it. <laughs> you know? people, a few people have been asking. I've been toying with it. I'm a little biased, it. maybe, but. <laughs> I would love to teach it. I mean, teaching film is so fun and I, I often feel there's just so much more to it because, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you think, oh, shutter speed, aperture and ISO and metering, but then you're like, oh, but pushing and pulling film. Oh, but developing times yeah. and there's like, and pre-exposure and filters and all this kind of stuff. It's like, it's kind of an endless, endless rabbit hole. It, it really <laughs> is. Yeah. It's never ending. I'm always learning something new. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Same. Yeah. It's nonstop. Man. So do you... Do you do any of your developing and stuff at home anymore or you just send everything out pretty much? You know, I used to, um, or at least I was doing black and white. Yeah. And uh, I don't actually take that many pictures. Like when I go out, you know, coming home with two rolls of film is a pretty pretty standard day for me. So I was just, I was throwing away so many chemicals because um, yeah. they would just yeah. go stale. And uh, I always That's felt bad problem. about that. Yeah, and it's it's tough because I mean, if I was a street photographer or something where I was shooting like every day, then it'd probably make more sense. But I'm lucky enough to live near uh, a pretty big processing lab, and they do black and white, C41, E6, and I just realized at some point, you know what? It's worth five bucks to have yeah. someone else yeah. do it, not have to dispose of all these chemicals and and take time and all that. Especially with I, I would feel I know you shoot a lot of slide film and it's it's real touchy and like with temperatures being dead on oh, yeah. with 
I would be so bummed to take such like an awesome picture of like that laundromat or the the, mm-hmm. the tobacco store and all that stuff yeah. that you take all these great pictures and then yeah. just like botch it up and <laughs> developing. Yeah, and I, actually the guy at my lab told me as much. I mean, I, I was telling him like, oh, I'm looking to get one of those Jobos because I want to start doing E6 myself. And he's like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. yeah. He's like, <laughs> if you're half a degree off on your chemicals, you're going to yeah. ruin it. That's just too intimidating. It, I... <laughs> yeah. <Mm-mm. laughs> and it, that was good advice. I mean, obviously he's a little biased because he wants me to take the, yeah, take the film yeah, to him. But, yeah. <laughs> but he's right. That would have been way too much headache for me. I was just talking to somebody on Instagram about it. They they had uh, developed color film for the first time and they were like super proud and all that stuff. And, and I... They're, you know, they're like, it was so scary because you got to keep the development at a certain temperature and all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, well, luckily my style <laughs> calls for like dirty, grungy photos. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I'm not like dead on exact with things when I do it. So it, it doesn't matter that much. But, yeah, with, like, with, you know, if you're like a landscape photographer or something like that, it yeah. would be a little a little more important to stay in the, the guidelines. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're getting severe color casts or you're throwing yeah. off the exposure <laughs> way, that's 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 a that's a sad day because you put a lot of work into exposing that one frame (laughs) oh yeah 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 it's funny i've actually never tried a lab i i i know i still can't believe that isn't that weird i mean (laughs) i've sent stuff to like walgreens and stuff and did one hour photo but like i just i don't know i guess i'm stubborn when it comes to it control freak yeah (laughs) i I dig that i I dig it i I wish i could uh i I wish i had the energy for that because i I do like having control over everything but Mm -hmm. um yeah, it's just, uh, it's so much equipment to have and so much, yeah. I'm not as good with the, the chemistry part of it. I'm always, it's a little harder for me to wrap my mind around some of that stuff. So uh, I'm always afraid I'm, I'm probably going to screw it up more than, than a lab yeah. would anyway, yeah. you know? Yeah. Timothy, you've never experienced the, like the Christmas morning feeling of like having to wait two weeks <laughs> <laughs> to get yeah. your film back. You shoot it, oh, develop yeah. it right the same day. Yeah. That yeah. waiting time is nice. That's a... Uh, uh, tantalizing especially when you forgot what you <laughs> shot you know yeah, yeah exactly it's like oh whoa i actually took a really good picture you're in like wow so this is the best christmas ever <laughs> i wish i had the room to actually have a uh, like a wet dark room though yeah. like that's that's the oh, next yeah. goal i have a co-worker she's been teasing out letting me rent out she has a an all dark like it looks like a prison cell in her basement it was uh, <laughs> supposed to be a laundry room and it was never finished and she's like you know you can just come and try it and if we can work something out and i'm just like man if i do that i'm never gonna be yeah, home yeah so, you're like, like i'm gonna take over the whole room and you will yep, never do yep. it. you'll never see me yeah yeah On, in california too we uh we at least have an excuse we don't have basements yeah, so get, get, <laughs> yes. getting a light tight box is a little tougher out here but yeah um, especially with all that sunshine oh mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I, mean, I would love to to do darkroom printing. I shoot so much six by seventeen. I'm not even aware of an enlarger that could oh, print yeah. as big as I want huh. from a six by seventeen. That it doesn't even seem seem realistic to me. But that's such a cool part of analog photography is the printing part of it. And uh, you just need so much equipment and space, mm-hmm. and like it's just a it's a whole second hobby. Yeah. In yeah. addition oh, yeah. to photography, a, you know. Mm-hmm. Man, but that that's another thing I wanted to touch on while we while we have you here is your your passion for printing like yeah. i love those videos like because i know after you do like an, an on location video that like in like a month or so we're going to be doing like a print or a scanning <laughs> video coming up yeah. soon and like <laughs> just like man i can't wait for this because i i love that stuff i love you know printing and mounting and putting together like little art shows and stuff mm-hmm. and yeah it's it's just it, it brings a level of of gratification to me that i i just haven't found in any other capacity mm-hmm. um looking at film on a light table can be pretty close yeah, yeah. but um yeah. 
it's not something you can share with other people really unless you invite them over to the light table and say look at yeah. it that's, that's weird <laughs> come on gather um, around <laughs> <laughs> but the the prints you know it, it it costs money and i always want to print big because i just i don't know i got a fetish for huge prints for some yeah, reason yeah and it's it costs money and it's an investment and i got to find some place to store it and all that kind of stuff and there's plenty of downsides to say about it but it's just not enough to outweigh the feeling of having that print hanging on the wall especially yeah. if it's framed and it's yeah it's looking real clean like you want it. And it's it's just, to me, that's the end product. And I, I think, um, I mean, without getting too philosophical here, but uh, there's such such a lack of tangibility in modern society with mm. just everything going digital, you know, photography or otherwise. Like we don't even hold our music anymore. We don't have CDs, right. we don't have yeah. records, we don't have anything. So just everything has become so intangible. And in terms of human history, that's happened in the past two seconds. So I think our brains and our DNA and our genetics just haven't caught up yet. And we're still, we still really need tangibility in our yeah. lives. And um, it's easy to think you don't. Yeah. But um, I think that's one of the things that kind of led to my burnout with uh, with digital photography is like, it, it just never, felt like I never reached the finish line. You know, I'd get prints made sometimes, but the quantity of pictures you're taking that you never touch and you mm -hmm. never interact with physically and all that kind of stuff, it just feels like you're not quite making it there. And um, film photography gets me much closer to the finish line and then the print pushes me completely over the finish line. It's yeah. just the complete end product. That's a, yeah, yeah that was that was deep. Right that was, that's a perfect like way that. to describe it too. I um, actually just had something printed and framed. Um, I went to Israel oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, with my um, with my boyfriend and his family and you know, they're very gracious and, you know, it was just a phenomenal trip. So I wanted to say thank you. And I got this shot on the beach in Israel of this guy in a Speedo and his butt is hanging out. <laughs> and his mom was like, that's so great. I want a poster size print. And I was like, this is the perfect gift then. Yeah. So I had I like it. This, I like this mom. She yeah. I, yeah. I was like, I was like, I was almost afraid to show it to her. I was like, you know, like here are my Israel poses. She was like, that one's great. And even his oh, dad, he was like, that just reminds me of Israel. Like, that's just a great. So oh, nice. I had it printed in a nice huh. white frame. Um, oh, I actually used it. Have you guys ever heard of Framebridge? Uh, I have heard of it. They're yeah. really great. They're really huh. great. You can send them physical prints or or you can even, I think, upload the file and they'll print it and frame it for you. But it was a gorgeous wow. white frame and now it's hanging in their bathroom. So oh, that's I'm so proud. cool. Uh, <laughs> Of yeah, and but that feeling of like holding it in a frame is like look at that yeah. look what yeah. I did like this is a, like art or whatever. But you know yeah yeah you really don't have to to goad anybody into looking at it. You know it's like yeah. if it's on your phone it's like look at my phone it's like yeah. I don't want to look at your phone it's like, <laughs> yeah. or come look at my computer it's like well, no I'm not doing that. No. But if you have a print hanging on the wall people have to see it and yeah. that's that's a nice way to kind of I don't know I guess force your images on people sounds kind of bad but you're kind of you're getting that that satisfaction from sharing with people especially when you can gift it to somebody mm -hmm. and they love it yeah that's just the best feeling ever exactly the yeah. one the one video you did of it was one of your art you were doing like an art fest or something and yeah. it rained and yeah you know you didn't sell anything but you had a lot of great conversations and i do the art crawl down here we mm -hmm. do like a first friday uh yeah first friday of every month and for the last couple of years i would do like two or three of the months out of the summer i would post up at a couple places and show my stuff and you know I probably sold maybe three or four things in ever now that's a good feeling yeah. it's not it, it's not even about that though it's just the people that come in and they're like 
wow, like you really have an eye and mm-hmm. like, yeah, the, what is this photo about? Like, man, you really see the, the one guy, the, the one that really sticks out to me forever and I'll probably never forget it was the guy that was like, I drive past that Baskin and Robbins every day on my way home from work. <laughs> and like you made me look at it in a way that like I haven't Aww. ever seen it, you know, and I was yeah. just like, that's cool. whoa, that's really crazy because, you know, I drive past it, too. And like, I, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just it's. The conversation you have mm-hmm. when you're showing your stuff to people and like it's just such a uh, like a like a like a cap to the a lid yeah. to mm-hmm. the whole the whole thing. You know, you just like there is a reason why I'm doing it. And yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I kind of looked at it, too. Like, well, if I knew guaranteed I wasn't going to sell anything, let's say someone could 100 percent convince me you will never sell a print in your entire life. Would yeah. I still do it? And would I still make prints? And the answer is absolutely yes. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. It's obviously more for the interaction I get with people mm-hmm. than the money. And in fact, I kind of run into a problem now where I'm like, I want to display them, but I don't want to sell them because I, I like yeah. where they're, <laughs> yeah. where they're yeah. hanging in my home right now. I don't really want to replace yeah. them. But yeah, that uh, I was in a gallery for a little bit in Laguna Beach, California, which is kind of a little artsy beach town here in Orange County. And um, it was mostly painters. And one of the painters there was put it perfectly. He's like, this is emotional currency, like spiritual mm. currency. Like, yeah. like you're, you're not wow. trying to make dollars. You're trying to make emotional and spiritual currency because that's really why you're an artist is to try and connect with people and communicate something and you know maybe show them something they haven't seen like you just said with the guy no i never noticed it before i drive by it every day but it was your job and your place to get him to notice and then now his life's a little bit better because he's he's noticed now you know i think that's like the best thing about photography and art in general like people seeing things in a different way or like being moved by something, you know, that they yeah. never really thought about before. Especially if it's something they can't really put in words. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I get that. I, I tend to get a stronger reaction from paintings than I do other people's photography. Yeah. But um, certain paintings, I'll, it'll make me feel something that I can't, I can't put into words at yeah. all. My, my brother and I joke about it. We call it the vibes in the fields. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to make the vibes in the fields out there, like. I'm not going to try and explain what the picture's about. I don't want you to explain to me how it's making you feel. I just know that you're feeling something. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all that matters to me because that's all I, I like that feeling when I look at a painting and it makes me feel something that I can't explain. Yeah. My boyfriend's a, he's an art, he's a moderate art collector, but you know, we have a fairly small apartment, so we don't have a lot of space. So he tries to like, you know, sell stuff to replace things. And he, he always wants to get my approval. <laughs> you know, he'd be like, what do you think? I'm like, I don't like that. Well, why? I'm like, I, I don't know. I just don't like it. Like, can't, it's can't hard put to my say. Finger on it. But I can tell you when I love something, I'm like, that, I love that. Like, I just, you know, I'm feeling all these things, but no, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm 100% with you. It's the like vibes. It's, it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's the wrong vibes. It's wrong I vibes. need the right vibes in here. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. Oh geez, well that was that was good. I, that made me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> you should making good art's vibes. important, man. Yeah. Make makes people oh, feel yeah. good. And uh, people ask me sometimes, like uh, the the less than half a percent of trolls that chime in on something, like what what are you trying to say with this photo? What does it even say? And I'm yeah. like, I usually respond. If I knew what I was trying to say, I'd be a writer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God, yeah. that's so good. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like the, the photos are there because that's the only way I can figure mm-hmm. out how to communicate this right. thing in me that I can't put into words. That so, is so perfect. Yeah, I like to think yeah. so. I like to think most <laughs> things I say are perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
and I'm sure that troll's username is like Pikachu753. <laughs> and what, he... they didn't use their real name? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah. yeah, I saw on your Instagram story, I think it was like yesterday or the day before. I forget when it was, but that you had a pile of New 55 film. Mm. Oh, man. So talk, yes. what, what's, what's going on with that? Yeah. Okay. Going with that? So, <laughs> so everyone knows New 55, I would hope. It's the new peel apart. Yeah. Yep, four by yep, five. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and uh, they were around... I don't know, a year ago or something, had the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I wasn't that into Polaroids at the time, so it didn't really appeal to me. But then I got super into Polaroids because someone got me an SX-70. So, of course, yep. I went deep into Polaroids. And then I decided, ooh, I really want to try 4x5 peel apart. Yes, and then I went yes. to the website. We shut down operations. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. man, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah. just missed it. Like, another another film company bites the dust. But And then, like, uh, maybe three weeks ago, I got an email from Famous Format saying... New 55 PN 400. It's 400 mm. speed film now. And I'm like, wait a minute. They're coming out with new film? <laughs> so then I went to the the link. And sure enough, PN 100 is back. PN 400 is back. And I didn't have a holder either. So I had to buy a holder. Yeah. And um, I was looking at it like, okay, so 75 bucks for, mm. I think, five frames yep. or something mm, like yep. that. Yeah. So <laughs> this is $15 a frame. I was like, ooh, I don't know if. Even for me, this yeah. is a bit. This is a bit much. But I ended up buying. I ended up buying three boxes because I'm well, like, I don't know if they're going to be back. And, oh uh, yeah, sure. But then, like, I guess he had gotten so many orders that he was super backlogged. Mm-hmm. So I kept checking my order status, and it never said shipped. And I'm like, uh, it was a scam. No, like, they never came back. This is a scam. And I was. I emailed him trying to find out what was up, and he was so busy he couldn't email me back. But then eventually it shipped, and now I'm hoping to go out to the desert this week to photograph with it and fight the heat i would rather go out when it's much cooler yeah. but yeah. i just can't wait i'm California super eager right to yeah i'm super eager to shoot that film i, I hope i don't screw it up because 15 dollars per per mistake is not fun no yeah it's no <laughs> joke and that's yeah. how like the the polaroid stuff that you can i think the last production was like 2008 or 2009 or something and there's still some people that have like regular type 55 film and Jeez. I saw some on the Facebook group and the guy was like, I got three boxes sealed, 200 bucks a box and it's 10 shots for 200 bucks. And it's like the last time I did that, mm. the box was a dud. Yeah. It was a, oh. and it, Ugh. it hurt. It really hurt. Cause I remember yeah. I was like, I, I couldn't wait. I was so excited when I got it. Cause I had, I was given a couple boxes that worked uh, years ago when I didn't even know what I had, you know what yeah. I mean? I yeah. just, had some stuff and blew through it and was I, I regret it still to this day. I mean, at least I got to try it and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. man, what I'd do with that now if I had it. But anyway, I got this box and it was a dud. And I was like, yep, I'm setting up one of the cats and just burning a sheet because I need to see it right now. I just want to make sure it works and all that. And the pod was dry. And I went oh, to the next God. one. The pod was dry. And I was like, well, hopefully maybe I'll get like five. Maybe. So and I just kept going and the whole thing was just a wreck. And it's like, <laughs> I... I don't know if I could ever, I just wish new 55 was like, like, yeah, we're going to be here for a while. Cause like, again, I I would love to drop, you know, and buy three boxes. And then it's like, I'm going to fall in love with something. I saw you said that. It was like, so now I'm going to fall in love with something that and I'm just like, I really hope I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Worst film ever. Yeah. I imagine it's hard for them too. They probably don't know what the demand is long-term and stuff. So it's probably hard to predict. Because I'm sure they could bring costs way down if they they mass produced it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched a 
a video on their basically defunct YouTube page showing how it's made. Yeah. And it's like it's some just kind of old dude rolling on, yep. you know, yep. he's wow. stuff like that. All by hand. It's all yeah. by hand. It's crazy. I can't, I'm actually kind of surprised they can sell it at $15 per exposure mm -hmm. given how much uh, labor goes into it. But um, it's going to be fun. It'll be interesting. I've, I've never used peel apart film of that size before. So it'll, it'll be, uh, it'll be an experience. It'll be a YouTube video, we hope. Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to show you guys if yeah. I screw it up completely. Yeah. I yeah. can't. I can't just suffer alone. I know, Timothy. <laughs> I wish that that was like a YouTube video where you're just like chink and like. I just yeah. have I have a I have a friend. She used to work at the little photography store down here. Her name's Polly, and she is like an incredible Type Fifty Five shooter. She, I think she like triple mortgaged her house Whoa. for what she has like refrigerators and refrigerators full of this stuff. And, oh my god! And it's just crazy because like the stuff she does is just insane. What she does with it, she's like a portrait photographer and just does these hmm. amazing amazing portraits with it and she was telling me about it and that's when i at that point i had those boxes and i, I again didn't know what i had so i was just kind of like taking stupid landscapes mm. and thinking that like oh well if she's got a like two refrigerators full of this stuff like it can't be that hard to find and <laughs> then when i saw how expensive <laughs> it was i was like you know yeah Whoa. <laughs> man yeah, I hear about that with people stockpiling infrared film and they just mm, got freezers yeah. full of it and stuff yep. like that it's like I don't know. I guess at some point you're just kind of collecting it. You yeah. Gotta, you got to start yeah. burning through it eventually, yeah. but it's hard when you know it's a finite resource. I even it did is. that with Velvia 50 four by five. I was just, just hoarding it. Like I yeah. never exposed <laughs> yeah, it because yeah, I, yeah. I know it's not available. And then I just realized ah, I'm probably never going to shoot it. So I ended up selling it and I'm glad someone else could put it to use. But yeah. Well, then you don't have to deal with the stress of that too. <laughs> I know it is stressful. It's ridiculous, it is. but it is stressful. It's like, okay, this, you're like handling this like yeah. gold <laughs> plate into your camera. Like you don't want to, yeah. Man, that's how I feel. I still have a couple boxes of the peel apart. I was just gonna film. say, I was, I was literally thinking that. I was like, I should shoot it. I have one box of the color, and it's oh, cool. just sitting there. It's hard to shoot it when you got one box. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you always want to have one left in your it fridge. Be like Man. a very special project or something. Yeah, yeah. You always like want in, that one left in the museum. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be something that's gonna be, uh, you know. In the Museum of Modern Art, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you don't want to expose it. Well, hopefully that Super Sense stuff really comes through. I just saw like an updated video mm. of the stuff that Doc has going on. And that that one shot, or what I can't think of what the name of it is, but it looks really yeah, good. Yeah, it looks cool. I mean, it looks really, really good what they're doing. But again, it's one shot. So, yeah. I mean, it's a completely different world than yeah. the 10, 8, 8 to 10 shots that we were used to getting. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's just a shame that this stuff has to go away, like that it just goes away. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. the good news is it's not going away as much as it as it was, was maybe yeah. you know, 10 yeah. years ago. Um, and things are coming I mean, back, too. We have to be yeah. Thankful. Yeah. I mean, Acros 2 coming back mm -hmm. and I mean, E100 coming back and stuff. It's kind of incredible to think that would ever happen. But it's such a good time to be involved in photography because we kind of have all the benefits of digital and social media and all that kind of stuff. But we still get to enjoy analog yeah. which you yeah. know and it doesn't seem like it's going away i mean um as long as there's money in it for the manufacturers they're going to keep doing it um yeah. so i guess that goes it's to show to we got to keep buying yeah, film it's up to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep got to keep uh staying broke and shooting film that's right yeah yeah that's that's pretty much all i know <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back with some questions for nick right after this message from our sponsor 
Support for Analog Talk also comes from Polaroid Originals. Go to PolaroidOriginals.com and use the offer code ANALOGTALK10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from at Pocket Port. And he asks, he is the master of pre-shoot visualization. How long did it take to get there? Big fan, by the way. Well, thanks for being a big fan. Um, big fan. Yeah, so uh, Ansel Adams is one of the, the main guys I kind of studied in terms of technical um, metering and all that kind of stuff. His book, The Negative and the Camera and the Print and all that. And he was really big on pre-visualization. And I think when I read those books, that's kind of why it, when it clicked in with me. And that was many years into my photography. That was probably 12 years into my photography. I like to think I was pre-visualizing in some sense leading up to that. But I think there's a lot of things in photography where you think you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then you realize when you're actually doing it. You know, I was pre-visualizing my digital photos and stuff like that to some degree. But really not to the extent I do now with, um, with film. And uh, I think getting prints made helps kind of train that in you because mm. you're not even just picturing the negative anymore you're, or even the scan. You're, you're picturing how's it going to look hanging on the wall. Yeah. And um, you're kind of visualizing tones and visualizing lines and visualizing all that stuff as if it's in a frame hanging on a wall. And then you're before you know it, you're, you're pre-visualizing pictures without even kind of realizing it like the you know, the liquor store shot I did or laundromat or whatever, like I just drove past it one or two times. And then I'm over the next several weeks, this pre-visualization is slowly developing in my brain where I'm like, I'm picturing it. Okay. Straight on. Yeah. That, that looks pretty cool. How would it look from the side? And then I'm kind of picturing that. And then I start kind of bringing in the lighting. Well, what if I shot it in the daytime? Where would the shadows be? And what if I shot it in the morning versus the afternoon and, and things like that. And it kind of all starts to almost like a print developing in your head to where you're you're pre-visualizing the final finished print but it definitely takes practice and it it takes um you know a lot of time and kind of repetition to do that and uh i certainly don't do that on every picture i kind of love going out and just seeing what happens and and hoping for the best i I tend to do smaller film formats for that but if it's going to cost me four dollars a picture or fifteen dollars a picture or something like that i'm going to try and pre-visualize the best i can Man, see, I, I like it that you even take it to the point where in that video that you did of the, the, the liquor store, you had you have an app that has your focus, you know, with the, your different lens planes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you went and you like yeah. really mathed it out. Like this is what it looks like from here. I think I want to use my 90 millimeter lens. Like yeah. that's what, you know, I feel like when you do shoot film that that kind of comes along with it. Cause like when really you're really slowing you're, down at that point. Yeah, yeah. Like if you have a digital camera, you know, you can just test out. Mm-hmm. You can shoot yeah. 2000 shots and be like, yeah, I'm sure you're going to get it then. You yeah. Know, but yeah. And, and the digital being able to shoot tons and tons of pictures. A lot of my students always point to that as, you know, the benefit of digital. You can take as yeah, many as you want. Yeah. But that's not necessarily a benefit because mm-hmm. we kind of think of it as like, OK, free pictures and endless time. But that's definitely not the case. The amount of creativity you're putting into this mediocre photo that you didn't think through that's being pulled from what could be devoted to a much better picture and so like kind of the spray and pray stuff Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all that digital just like oh just just take it It, maybe it'll be good but it's like (laughs) no don't don't take it unless you know it's going to be a good shot and film kind of forces that into people i think great answer 
All right, Nick, so we have another question for you. This question comes from 2071 Photo. Hi, Raphael. Um, He (laughs) says, after watching the laundromat shoot, do you prefer pre-sunrise to post-sunset blue hour? Um, In terms of uh, waking up early, definitely not. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I I generally try and make something work for dusk, but um, the the way I decide um, whether to do sunrise or or sunset or... or, um, sorry, pre-dawn or post-dusk, depends largely on the orientation of the subject I'm shooting. So uh, like the the Houston's Liquor one, that building facade was facing east. Um, So if I shoot it in pre-sunrise light, uh, the light is pretty flat um, because the sky behind it um, is evenly lit with the building. So it gets kind of kind of flat and it doesn't have a whole lot of separation between the building and the background. So when I was visualizing that shot, I kind of pictured the sky behind it almost radiating a glow um, from behind it. And that would create a little more separation between the building and the the lit up sky behind it. And then so because the building was facing east means I got to do dusk. Um, And if it had been flipped the other way, I would have done it at uh, at dawn. Um, As far as the laundromat one, I actually wanted to shoot that at dusk because, uh, again, that building is facing uh, southeast and I wanted it to kind of have that that uh, illuminated glow behind it, much like the Houston's Liquor one did. But um, just with business hours and trying mm-hmm. to make it look empty and stuff, there was no other option other than doing dawn. And I mean, if you saw the video, I, I even only had a few couple months maybe where it was early enough dawn to avoid uh, all that all that traffic of people coming up and doing their laundry. So, you know, sometimes the subject itself limits it, but a lot of it's just orientation and kind of pre-visualizing how I want the light to look behind it. It's crazy that you waited, you waited six months to finish that yeah. video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like five, five months later. It's like, what? I definitely, I definitely had a moment where I'm like, this video is never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like thought for sure you were like, Three months into yeah. it. <laughs> I kind of almost forgotten yeah. about it. I'm like, uh, I don't know. That thing's probably never going to happen. But then I got the spark in me once I saw the sunrise time yeah. inching earlier and earlier. Man, I just love that when you can when you can see a shot in your mind. There's there's only been I mean I, I, a bunch. I've had a bunch of where I thought of a shot pre shooting the shot because I do a lot of like candid, not so much street stuff, but more like you know I just walk around town a lot and shoot. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's basically what I do. But then when I'm laying here and it's like three in the morning and I can't sleep and I'm like man I bet you. Main Street looks awesome right yeah. now. And yeah. I can picture this with that. And I'll walk down there and there's like two cars. And I'm like, yep, can't shoot it now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, <clears throat> I just love that. Like when you can, in, when you, when you, when you envision something, then where you're just like, yep, this is what I'm going for. That's, yeah. That's cool. It's a and good it's, feeling. It's yeah. real fun when it works out too. I mean, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I, I do a pretty slow style of photography with, you know, view cameras and a lot mm-hmm. of landscapes and, and architecture. So I kind of have the luxury of being able to, to pre-visualize, but I really admire like good street photographers and mm-hmm. people who th- they kind of are pre-visualizing, but it's almost like it's a millisecond sure. before yeah. Yeah. they yeah. take the picture, you know, um, and they're just so quick and they kind of, you start to see some street photographers, especially they're just really good at predicting human behavior and yeah. they're good at kind of knowing, okay, that person's about to do that or something's about to happen over here and, and that kind of thing. Like, um, like Saul leader, uh, or yeah. lighter leader, um, I love history photography and it's kind of very much that he would just put himself in a position and wait for the activity to, to happen Come in to front him. of him that he yeah. was expecting. And 
that's a whole different skill set I'm not quite as good at. I need to have a fair bit of time and uh, <laughs> sometimes multiple chances to uh, yeah. get, yeah. get the pre-visualization to come together. <laughs> Wild. Good answers. Yeah, that was a that good, actually, like, segue. Like, yeah, yeah, for into, sure. Like, Thank you. Yeah. And, like, street photography is, like, it's pre-visualization as well, but just instantly oh, yeah. and quick, quick. Man. Never thought yeah. about that like that before. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that lightning fast, but some people are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They make good wedding photographers too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Man, so I guess I guess we have to go to the awful hard tough mm-hmm. questions of the show and <laughs> the first the first part of the question is your desert island camera like you can only take one i know you usually pack the same cameras in your bag with you when you go out and shoot but you can only take one desert island there is a film a film lab there they will develop for you at this <laughs> island. Nice island you're never getting off of it but they will develop <laughs> your film so what what are you taking with you oh man I, i'm probably taking this question a little too literally but i think i would do <laughs> my six by 17 because like just the wide panoramic shots when you have nothing but horizon. Oh yeah, yeah. that's that. I don't think I would get bored of. Um, <laughs> it's uh, and my my panoramic camera is a Shenhao six by seventeen or six seventeen or TFC six seventeen dash A. I always get the nomenclature mixed up, but um, it's a view camera six by seventeen, which takes a little more time. So that might keep me occupied on the desert island. For oh, long, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I also just really love that camera. It's um. It's fundamentally a knockoff of an ebony six by seventeen. Uh, that's kind of what Shenhao does. They they take like ebony designs and and kind of okay. knock them off. But oh, uh, yeah, that which is a great design. Yeah, and it's three grand instead of eight grand. But it's there still, you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but I love that camera because the six by seventeen format is just is just so rad and um, it it's really very, is. It's yeah, so it's, cool cinematic and it kind of reminds me of like you know tarantino movie or something like hateful eight or something just these really cool wide wide shots and um i've never used the fuji gx 617 but that might be a close second just because it's such a cool looking camera yeah Um, it is that's a that's another panoramic camera that's uh that's beautiful but um yeah i have to say my uh my shenhao tfc 617a I had a feeling that's yeah. what it was be. <laughs> good answer, good answer. That's such a like I, I remember when I first started seeing you use that on your well, I mean, I think you were using it from the beginning of your channel, maybe. But man, I just was the the jealousy and envy of that camera yeah, every like, time you're out shooting like what Oh, I knew exactly yeah. what it was. But. <laughs> yeah, I actually I started off with a roll fill uh six by seventeen roll back for a four by five. Oh um, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. And that. um that got me by that was, you know, I don't know, 600, 700 bucks or something mm-hmm. like that to get that thing. So a little bit lower cost of entry. But I, I found out pretty quick, you can't really do focal lengths longer than 300 millimeters. Or I'm sorry, oh, okay. longer than uh, 210 millimeters. Excuse okay. me. Um, and it's not because the bellows extension isn't sufficient. It's that when you pull the lens that far out, it the light angles can't get past the 4x5 opening uh, okay. to the 6x17 mm-hmm. uh, rollback behind it. And I really wanted to do some longer focal length stuff on 6x17. So I was watching that Shenhao TFC 617A on Badger Graphic. That's where I bought it from. And uh, it was like $2,200 or something like that. And I'm like, oh man, one day, one day <laughs> yeah. I'll get that. Yeah. And then I checked like four months later and it was uh, $2,500. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so I emailed the guy. I'm like, what gives? It was like $2,100 $20, or something, 2200 bucks. He's like, yeah, they keep raising the prices on me. Jeez. So I want to get it Man. sooner than later. So I ended up buying it and it's at like three grand now. So I'm, wow. I'm glad I got it when I did. Man, crazy. Yeah. Great camera. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. It's a beautiful camera. 
So there's a there's a part two. Okay. And the part two of this question is the white whale. Is there anything that you want that you don't have? Like, is there anything that you, mm. that's just been like driving you crazy that you want to try or haven't tried yet? I would kind of like to find out what all the all the hubbub is about Leicas. Yeah. <laughs> you and me both. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I almost bought one. Uh, there was a real good deal. And uh, it was a little bit before I was getting married. So I just couldn't justify yeah. spending yeah. the money on that before. Yeah, you would have been wedding. in trouble for that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Although yeah, my wife's very supportive. She probably would have been like, yeah, get it. Makes you happy. <laughs> but um, but uh, I just couldn't pull the trigger because I don't really shoot 35 millimeter at all. Right. Um, yeah. my, my smallest format is generally 645. But uh I mean, there's evidently something about Leicas that people yeah. people are crazy about, and I, I hear it's the glass, so I'd, I'd love to try that. The uh, the Fuji GX617, the big panoramic Fuji camera. Yeah, I would kind of like to have just as a showpiece. It's such a yeah, it's such a cool looking camera. It and is. It is really cool. It's almost like novelty size because you look mm-hmm. at pictures of it and you're like, oh, that's a cool looking camera, and then you see it in someone's hands and it's like, uh-huh. what the, what the oh heck? my god. Yeah. <laughs> This thing's gigantic. That'll break your arm. So uh, I would kind of like to have it just to try it out a little bit, but it wouldn't really do anything for me that my uh, Shen Hao can't do. Yeah. 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 Man. Cool. There's always more cameras to buy, though. That's true. Dude, there's always more cameras to buy. So true. (laughs) Just Just when I, like, two weeks ago, I was like, man, I think I have everything I need right now. And then I just bought another camera, like, two days ago. Famous last words is what that is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, awesome. Nick, this has been so good thank you for joining us yeah, we really really do appreciate it's my it my pleasure it's been a lot of fun I normally don't get to talk this much film with people who actually care right? about yeah. it yeah <laughs> this is awesome thanks so much for having me this is uh this has been a, a real pleasure yeah so where can sure. everybody check you out what do you you can plug anything oh, sure, you want yeah. to plug um, and all that stuff yeah my website nickcarverphoto.com or nickcarverphotography.com um got prints there if anyone's interested but uh also that uh, online course for master manual metering for film photography if you want to try a little free preview there it's there and if you think it might be a fit for you then take a look but other than that youtube i'll be posting videos whenever i can which won't be as frequently as i would like but it'll be uh anytime i can <laughs> it'll be worth it <laughs> awesome yeah, yeah. thanks Timothy, what about you? Guys, head over to Instagram. I'm over there. It's at Timothy Makeups. I also post occasionally on YouTube. <laughs> Just go to the search bar and search Timothy.makeups. I'm there. And that's pretty much all I got going on. Chris, where are you? So, guys, I'm Chris B. Photo on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, we are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter, Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. And we have a Facebook page you can like and a group that you can join. And the group's really fun. We really love seeing everybody post post more photos it's the best part Uh, but yeah thank you again Nick thank you alright guys we'll see you next time Bye. bye first off we would like to thank Nick for being on the show man I Chris and I are both so excited to get you on. You've kind of been a staple in the film photography world for quite some time now. And I am just, we're stoked. We're excited about this episode. We can't wait for everyone to, well, everyone just listened. So we're, we're pumped. (laughs) Thanks, Nick. Thanks so much for taking the time to come on. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can get you back on the show again sometime soon. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. We have a bunch of tiers over there. Also, if you're a Patreon, you get the show a day early. So it gets released by lunchtime over on the Patreon. We also have a bunch of other tiers over there. We have some prints, uh, stickers, pins, just a bunch of fun stuff. Check it out. Your support means the world to us. Thanks to all the Patreons already. 
And guys, we will see you next week with an all-new guest. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.